All right, you ready to go? Yep, I'm all set. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Baseball STL Podcast. J.J. Bailey joined by KMOV Sports Director Maurice Drummond. The triumphant return of the podcast, Season 3. We're back. We're back, and baseball is back as of Thursday. We're recording this afternoon on Wednesday. We're going to take a look at the Cardinals season to come and talk a few predictions, what we're expecting from certain players, new guys, old guys, surprises from last year, and Mo. Uh, Cardinals are done in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's time to go to New York. Yep. I'd say let's start with this because I think this is the the question on a lot of people's minds. What do we expect from this team? Vegas Insider puts the Cardinals over under at 85 and a half wins. Okay. Let's start with that question right there. Are you taking the over or are you taking the under? I'm going to go over. Okay. Um, I'll tell you why I go over. I, I think they're 90 could be a slight stretch. Mm-hmm. But I think this team can get the 88 wins. Um, listen, they're going to have to. And they're going to have to because they're the St. Louis Cardinals. And what we've seen the last couple of years are two Octobers with no postseason. And so, you know, obviously, there's been a, a lot of uh, talk about you know this team trying to get back. And, and so I think that the urgency has been there for John Mazalock and, and these guys to, uh, to push it. When you get a guy like Marcelo Zuna into the mix, uh, the changes they made to the bullpen, uh, Adam Wainwright and his will trying to become that guy again. I, I think I think there's a will in this organization that they're trying to push really hard to try to get back to up to that 90 win mark. I think it's going to be, I'll call it 88. I'm going over. Well, in last season, you know they finished 83 and 79, third place in the Central. Uh, Pythagorean wins for people who who may not be familiar with that term, it's essentially a, a, an equation that determines based on the runs you scored, the runs you allowed, and how that translated across the league, what your record, if it was completely in a vacuum, should have been, what your expected wins and losses would have been. And last year they would have been 87 and 75 by that metric. Mm-hmm. So 88 isn't a, a, a stretch. And I think, like you said, there's, there's a few more pieces here that address needs that they had last year. And... Hopefully they found those answers, but we're going to start at the top here with the questions and, and probably the most important thing in baseball, which is the rotation. Mm. And you've got the Cardinals with a set rotation, possibly, uh, obviously there's this late ad of Jack Flaherty because Adam Wainwright went down, but you'd assume that when Wainwright comes back, Flaherty returns to the minors unless he's pitching just absolutely lights out. Um, but then some point in May, maybe June, Alex Reyes comes back. There's a lot of questions about how he's going to be used, but let's start with the five that we got now. Okay. Uh, what is your take on this rotation? I, for one, believe this rotation is better than last year's rotation. Uh, do you agree? I think it's better based on health, that being the health of Michael Walker and the health of Adam Wainwright. Now, Carlos Martinez was – do I, do I want to call him the – yes, he's the ace. Yes. Uh, he's the ace of this staff. I think at times when you looked at him last year, didn't always pitch like it. Um, but I think from the ability standpoint, you know, his status right now in the game, uh, you know, he, he is an all-star. Carlos Martinez leads this rotation. Now, Michael Walker, I think 
could be an X factor here because, you know, we, we saw him get through last year with getting some rest. Remember how the, uh, you know, Matheny and, and Mazalock, they want to try to manage those innings, and uh, he got somewhat of a blow uh, sometime around June. I, I think they're going to try that again. Um, but Michael Walker, when he's right, when he's on, he could be a special pitcher. But, of course, he always has to deal with that that weird shoulder injury mm-hmm. he's got. So if, if Michael Walker is sturdy, now you're talking about not as much pressure on a guy like Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright doesn't have to be, you know, the number two, which I think a lot of us think that he probably still is. He's not. But I think if, if Waka is sturdy as, as the two, Martinez at the top of that rotation, and now, now you're talking about a guy like, like Miles Michaelis. What is he? I think yeah. that's going to be a question. And I think I think Luke Weaver has a claim to be the two as well, given how he threw in spring training. I mean, his stats, spring training stats are spring training stats, and his issues have been longevity. Uh, but he has packed on muscle, and he looks to be throwing as, as well as he's thrown his entire career. He's adding pitches to his arsenal, which is helpful for a guy like that who needs to shave some pitches off because you force people to guess between more and more options. Mm-hmm. It's not just fastball, curveball, fastball, change. You add three and four pitches in there, and now you're playing chess with a much better set of pieces. Sure, uh, I think going into the year, Walk is probably your number two, but there has been the question of multiple times through the order. Uh, Carlos Martinez is your ace, but there's questions about the first inning that he's not been able to answer this spring. And that was something that he expressly worked on, which is probably why people have some, some consternation. Because if your job is to fix your performance in the first inning and you've been unable to do that, people wonder, okay, well, now what do we do going into the season? But you got Luke Weaver, and you got Miles Michaelis, who surprised a lot of people. He started rough, which shouldn't have been surprising because he's coming over from Japan getting used to a completely different style of hitter. You know, Japanese hitters do not like to strike out, and they will foul balls off at their chin and at their ankles. Uh, they don't strike out. In, in the majors and MLB, you know, the strikeout's more accepted because they want damage in exchange for outs. So three strikeouts and one home run is still a very, very good day in the major leagues. And so how you approach hitters has to change. And as he adjusted to the league in spring, his stats have been better. And every time out, people were getting their, their eyes wider and wider. And I don't think a lot of people knew that he had that fastball in the high 90s and that real, real hard, sharp breaking ball. I think he's a – you know, Wainwright is an X factor in a way, but I think Michaelis is almost more important because if he struggles and Wainwright struggles, you have to solve two problems, and you might not have two solutions. I know Flaherty looked good, but asking him to pitch an entire major league season uh, or high-stakes major league games – might be a bit much at this point in his career. So I think Michaelis is probably one of the most intriguing pieces to this rotation because you can see an argument for as he goes, they go. Yeah. Now, what's interesting here is that, okay, let's just say that for whatever reason, Wainwright gets off to a rough start. Let's just say Miles Michaelis struggles somewhat. Um, you have two guys named Flaherty and another guy named Reyes. Mm-hmm. Two young, exciting arms ready to go. That's something the Cardinals really didn't have last year. The depth just wasn't there. It was interesting, even going into the offseason, J.J., how I know Cardinal Nation was just screaming over why the Cardinals weren't getting in on a Jake Arrieta. Why can't you get in on you, Darvish? And now we're really starting to see what John Mazalock may have been keeping close to his vest. Yeah, it's proof, proof of concept, right? Right. Yeah. And, and now, of course, in Jordan Hicks. 
Yeah, and if and, and, and Mike Myers has looked nigh unhittable. Uh, you know, there's a few guys that probably need a little bit more polish, but you mentioned Hicks, you know, Helsley, uh, Hudson, even Austin Gomber. You know, these are guys that the organization feels like I, we don't need free agents just yet. Because guys going triple digits as well. Yeah, and I mean, and if you want to even go a little bit deeper, guys who are a little bit rougher, you know, Connor Green throws 102 miles an hour, and they just got him from Toronto. So you've got a great deal of starting pitching and at least raw talent at, at, at the starter level through the organization. And at least that point in spring, I think Cardinal fans have come to – calm down a little bit on and say that maybe you didn't need to spend the money for a U Darvish or an Alex Cobb or any of those guys because look at the firepower we have and that's not counting Alex Reyes who almost certainly will be pitching meaningful innings for this team all throughout the second half whether it's every five days on the mound or, or late in games and bullpens or some form of piggyback with a guy like Michael Walker. I mean, th- there's, a, there's a lot of, of tools in the toolbox here. Yeah. yeah I'll I tell you another thing about this pitching staff. You know, when you move over now into, you know, whether – I'm not even sure if we even have middle relief anymore in Major League Baseball. It, it's, right now it seems like give me your best five innings, and now we have a six-inning guy, a seventh-inning guy, an eight-inning guy. Uh, so I'm not sure about, you know, what kind of middle relief we're talking about. But if you're – let's just call it bullpen. Um Bud Norris into the mix, uh, a Tyler Lyons, uh, Luke Gregerson, who starts the year in the disabled list, and now you're getting deep into the bullpen with a guy like Dominic Leone. Um, it looks like Jordan Hicks may be somewhere uh, in that bullpen mix, even though he got the start uh, in his final uh, exhibition game against uh, the Nationals. But it looks like he's going to be a weapon in that bullpen. It's going to be very interesting to see now also – how far you can stretch your starters. You know, it, mm-hmm. are you not, you know, Adam Wainwright going seven probably scares you a little more than Adam Wainwright giving you his best five and two-thirds. Yeah, and I think that that's, the bullpen for this team this, this year is going to be super fascinating to me because they talked about it early in spring, and I think you're going to see a lot of it throughout the league, but especially with the Cardinals, is identifying your option, guys. And once you've got sort of this armada of talented arms that you can use in relief, there's going to be a lot of turnover because there's a few guys that are out of options, guys like Tuivalala and Lions, but guys like Bowman, guys like Brebia, even Leon, though I doubt that you'll see him optioned out, you're going to see kind of a carousel of maybe Hicks comes up. Yeah. And then the Memphis shuttle will be working. Yeah. And then down he goes and Brebia comes up and down he goes and Bowman comes up. And you have this constant cycle of fresh. MLB at least ready in terms of stuff, arms. And some of these guys already have plenty of experience in the majors. And so what you're looking at is a different approach to how you get through those nine innings. And on top of that, we had the closer situation where the Cardinals were very, very comfortable and forthright saying, we don't need to leave here with a closer. We might not even develop a, a fully formed idea of this is a closer and this is what we're going to use. I think more now teams are becoming okay with nobody has 35, 40 saves, but three guys are in the double digits. I think the Cardinals, at least at the beginning of the year, are going to follow that plan because you can always cycle guys out, yeah. and that way if you have a guy who is your, your door stopper, or not door slammer, not door stopper, door slammer, that guy maybe you need him in the seventh inning when the bases are loaded. 
And if you have a couple of fallback guys who can also close out a game, that gives you a lot more bullpen flexibility, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I think this bullpen is going to be fun to watch because there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to be closing out games, Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of new names consistently in that bullpen to kind of balance the usage. Yeah, I'd say, too, that, uh, you know, John Mazalak hasn't talked about this, but let's face it, if you have – three or four guys that can that can close games, it also cuts out on having to pay one guy $50 million. Yeah. So the, mm-hmm. the Wade Davis types also won't be coming around here anymore either. I don't think so. And I think if you look and at Greg right Holland, now, Greg yeah. Holland was another guy that everyone has yeah. been crying for him to sign. Well, let's take a look at the names. You know, Luke Gregerson, I know people weren't uh, particularly excited about it, and he's dealing with an oblique injury. But let's say we have a healthy Luke Gregerson, a healthy Bud Norris, a healthy uh, Tyler Lyons, a healthy Dominic Leone, and let's say Mike Myers because he's pitched every bit like a closer would pitch. Sure. At any given point in any given series, any one of those guys possesses the skills to close out a game. The nice part is you could end up using Leone for the third day in a row to close out and Norris set him up, and now you're going in tomorrow and, oh, we got a jam here in the seventh inning. What do we do? Tyler Lyons gets you to the eighth. And maybe Myers finishes the game because they're all throwing well. Or Tuivalala finishes the game. And you look at that flexibility, it saves you the money, and it saves you the stress of, oh, man, you know, we, we really need to give Trevor Rosenthal a day off here. It's four days in a row. Yeah, he's on a but we, but we need him to close this game. If you don't need that one arm, you just need a skill set, and you have multiple copies of a skill set, that gives you a lot of peace of mind, especially when you're on those long multi-series grinds and you're playing a lot of close games. You reduce your dependence on one arm, which means the impact of that arm either being injured or being worn down or, or hitting a slump in the middle of the year, that's lessened because you can just slot in the next arm. Now, that being said, will Mike Matheny follow that model? Because we've, we've seen the way Mike manages, and you know he really depends on... You know, he finds two, a guy. He fi- finds a guy. I mean, Matt it, Bowman was that guy. Matt Brett Cecil Bowman. was that guy, too. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, it's Seth Manus. Seth you know, Manus. Kevin Segrist. Yeah. And then if an O, when someone O was pitching here and even a, a Rosenthal, sometimes we've seen these guys at three nights, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that I think Mike is, is a guy who kind of likes to have his guys. I'm wondering if he would be flexible enough to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to let Tyler Lyons close this thing out today. But he also has Mike Maddox on the bench and with that's, him now. Yeah, that's a good segue uh, to talk about some of the newer names here and, and what you expect or who you expect to have maybe the most meaningful impact out of these new names. And among those, obviously, you know, you have uh, Marcelo Zuno was mm-hmm. the big sign. You've got, you know, Yaro Munoz, who's played his way onto the team. Okendo is back with the team. Mike Maddox, Dominic Leone. You have, you have a lot of different new pieces, some yeah. players, some coaches. And Mike Maddox probably is going to be the most impactful of the new names because one of the things that you pointed out is the Cardinals have struggled with, with their bullpen and as it relates directly to overusage of guys and over-dependence on guys. And I think what Maddox will offer is, and we've seen it already in spring, a new approach to how these pitchers are handled, how you craft a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that their bullpen their bullpen was in Washington was bad last year, but they had a ton of health problems. Mm-hmm. 
But what he offers is, you know, he's managed a guy like Steven Strasburg, who's had physical limitations for many years with great success. He's managed really great rotations, and he's been able to cobble together serviceable bullpens when it was just human wreckage. And so I think he's going to be so crucial because his experience with Strasburg certainly helps how he handles Michael Waka, and his ability to coax excellent performances out of rotations is very valuable. But his ability to control the usage in the bullpen especially using this rotation strategy of promotion and options and promotion and options, I think that's going to see, you're going to see the biggest difference for the Cardinals this season. Now, I don't know if you agree. I, I agree. You know, and you're, you're bringing up Maddox, and, and I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to kind of tag along here on, on the coach aspect because even though we can sit here and say, hey, who's going to be the most impactful Cardinal, I think just about any Cardinal fan will say Marcelo Zuna just yeah. because of that – that phenomenal bat and the way he can uh, go grab a baseball in left field. But I'm going to go along with what you said and also add on the coach factor. Jose Oquendo, Mm -hmm. Willie McGee. Yep. You know, you got a Maddox in there. There has not been clean baseball in St. Louis for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. And when John Mazalock brought these guys in here, these guys, it's, it's really a, you know, whether you call it a, a link to the past or what have you, but I think it's also, you know, the idea of, of having guys in here who play the game a certain way, the cardinal way, so to speak, but also guys who just kind of bring some some old school values. I mean, you and I were both at spring training, and we saw the way that these guys operate. They're so respected, but mm-hmm. the old way, whatever that is now, is is a is a way that I think they want to bring back to Cardinal baseball, kind of a, you know, back to completing a, pl- a complete, clean baseball. And I think Akendo is just one of the best coaches in the game. Yeah, I think that's really what he brings is, you know, Willie being there, it, it was really fun to watch in the outfield, just the drills they would run, the way he would, the, the, the energy, the way he would run it, the way he would talk about hip positioning, shoulder positioning, yeah. and, and tracking. And, and it'll be fun to watch that play out over the season and I think what Okendo brings is look he knows how to coach to success in the infield and he knows how to get good base running out of guys that maybe aren't as fast or maybe guys who are fast but undisciplined he can he can solve those problems where the Cardinals ran into so many outs and the Cardinals booted so many balls and extended so many innings for pitchers maybe you know we like to draw Correlation, causation, you know, Okendo goes away, they play their worst fundamental baseball. It's probably not all Okendo. There's external factors, but certainly bringing him back, you know that you've never seen a team where he is handling those responsibilities yeah. play bad, Have play, play like they played in the past. And so I think that's a huge, I mean, think of the ripple effect of that. You know, how many outs given away, plays not made, as John Mozella calls them, how many more pitches follow a play not made? Oh. And how does that affect your bullpen for tonight, tomorrow night? down the week and then all of a sudden you're in August and guys have thrown 150 more pitches than they should have thrown because there's airs behind them. Yeah, we saw it time after time over the last couple of years and so so yeah, so the the coaches aspect is newcomers I, I would say though those, those guys are huge. Uh when you're looking at um a guy like Ozuna, hey, th- this guy is is about to enter his prime. And he's, here's a guy also that hadn't been to a, a postseason since he was in double-A baseball. So he's, he's hungry. Uh, it's funny looking at those old Marlins, you know, because, of course, you know, the, the training facility uh, down in Jupiter is uh, the Cardinals and Marlins share the facility. And 
you know, guys always talked about, you know, Ozuna and Stanton and having conversations with those guys about, hey, you know, they, they would look across the, the field and say, man, that's the St. Louis Cardinals. These guys go to the playoffs every single year. Um, those guys in, in Miami never got that opportunity to really experience, um, you know, what it was like to, to be you know, playing pressurized baseball. So now Stanton goes to the New York Yankees, Yelich now in Milwaukee, and now you get uh, Ozuna here with the Cardinals. I think he's going to be phenomenal. You, you saw him. You know, you talked to him. Uh, this guy has a, a really a, a bubbly personality. Just watching him in that locker room, um, he's holding court in there. A uh, lot more chatter. Uh, I think we saw JJ in that in that Cardinal clubhouse, and yep. we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, I think there's it's it's going to be an interesting outfield um, when you add Willie's you know dynamic kind of coaching and personality in there. Dexter Fowler's moving over. Tommy Pham coming off a breakout season and an all-star left fielder in Marcelo Zuna. Now the question for Ozuna has been was last year a fluke or was last year the beginning of something? Because if you look at it, he tore it up this spring. He it was and he had career high in hits, career high in doubles, career high in home runs. He had 27 home runs. He hadn't hit hit, hit more than 23. You know, he had 124 RBIs. He'd never had more than 85. Career high in average, career high in walks, career high in sli- – you know, it's – this was, for all intents and purposes, a breakout year that either signals, look, he had the best year of his life, or this is a guy who is about to enter perennial all-star territory, perennial silver slugger territory. I don't think he needs to necessarily beat last year's production, but – you know, his last campaign when he was an all-star, he had 23 homers, 76 RBIs, 23 doubles, 266 average. Those are fine numbers. The question is, did he succeed last year in spite of Miami? And is that those other previous years muted because of the team he was on and the way, you know, the way he could be treated in that yeah. lineup up, apart from, you know, guys like Stanton? Or is is are, are we are we about to see this guy explode onto the national scene? Every year, are we seeing a guy that really played himself well into a contract and now is going to kind of take a slide back? Because I think that that changes the picture of the Cardinals' offense. 37 home runs in the Cardinals' lineup is humongous. Oh, you know, yeah. they didn't have anybody over 100 RBIs. You know, I think the team lead in home runs was 25. I mean, this bat is the bat they're looking for if it stays this bat. Yeah, and it, it very well could. And if this bat, as you said, stays at this bat, now you've got – the Cardinals waiting there with open arms, ready to say, hey, we're ready to give you a big, fat contract yeah. and make you a Cardinal for a long time. Yeah. So this is also going to be something to watch as well. Uh, they may not let this guy get the free agency. Yeah. And, I mean, right now, you know, this is this is their – this is kind of the Cardinals' M.O., right? I mean, it's, it's bring over a guy to solve a problem, and if the marriage is going smoothly, that's your long-term extension. Yep. That's your, your next core guy, right? Mark McGuire, Jim Edmonds, Matt Matt Holliday. We've seen it time and time again. Well, moving from the guys that are new, the names that are new, and into the guys that are coming back that that have that really surprised last year. What's reasonable expectations for Tommy Pham or Paul DeYoung Mm. or Jose Martinez? Let's start. Let's start with the big one, Tommy Pham, the Cardinals' clear MVP. Nearly a 30-30 guy. He yeah. would point out immediately that... The man is betting on himself. And he would point out immediately that if you look at his minor league stats and combine them with his major league stats, he's pretty much a 30-30 guy. 
is this a you know, same question with Marcelo Zuna? Is is Tommy Pham? Is this Tommy Pham? Is he a thirty thirty guy? Is he a, 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 a our, our, our friend and colleague Derek Gould likes to call them three four five guys? They hit three hundred. They're on base is four hundred, and their slugging is five hundred. Because that's what Tommy Pham was. Wow. And there's only a couple guys in the league that were that that did that. Is this sustainable for him? I think it can be, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tighten that statement up just a little bit. I think it is, but. Two things have always hurt Tommy Pham. One are he's if you ever seen Tommy Pham up close, this guy is built like a free safety. Yeah. He is he's he's he is so tight and 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 muscular, and he's had a number of soft tissue injuries that have really at times derailed his his career. Yeah. And he's also had the eyesight issue. Mm-hmm. And so, when both of those things, you know, are, are going against him, it's he can't stay on the field. But when both are are clear, when he's free of injury and his eyesight is on target, yeah, he's that three, four, five guy. I think he he needs the the unfortunate thing for Tommy Pham is he needs a lot of things that are somewhat out of his control to go well, right? I mean, you can control yourself, your body in a way to try and prevent injury. But injuries can just happen. You know, you can step wrong on accident or, you know, a fluke injury can happen. It's not like Adam Wainwright was lazy and that's why his Achilles ruptured. I mean, there are things, injuries tend to find you. And, you know, his eyesight, he can essentially make his make it as, as manageable as possible, but he can't fix it. Yeah. And so for him to have a full season of that production, you need to avoid injuries. And, and that's somewhat out of your control. And especially with a guy like Tommy Pham who plays the way he does. I mean, if you were in a pickup wiffle ball league game, dude is running out everything. Oh, He's yeah. sprinting out of the box thinking triple. He never takes, not a playoff, he never takes a single moment of any game and really any practice, any workout, anything. The guy gets dressed with intensity. <laughs> and so that is a very high temperature at which to burn when injuries have found you in the past. Now, I'm not suggesting he should, he should take plays off. Because that's just not he's he's wired. That's what he needs to do to have success. But it's 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 an observation that a guy who has been injured before pushes his body to the absolute limit every moment from the second he's awake to the second he lays down at night. That's that's a lot of mm-hmm. good luck to need to stay on the field. I think he he is that hitter. I just think that you need to stay on the field. Yeah. I think I mean he he could some of those numbers could slide and that that would be. Ex, ex, you know, expected for guys. You know, n- a lot of people don't hit 300. That's the whole. That's the whole issue with baseball. But those numbers can slide. And I think even if he hits 270, and his home runs come down a little bit, that's fine. That's a great year. Yeah. It's it's that he it's that he if he plays 100 games, that's really where the Cardinals get in trouble. I think. Yeah, he can really be a force when he's when he's on his game. And, and now you're talking about a guy who's who's in center field. You move Fowler over. Uh, to write, and so now, in in a way, you're you're also helping out a guy like Fowler, who you know wasn't spectacular. I guess his metrics weren't spectacular in center field. So, you know, now you've got you know, really perhaps one of the best outfields in the National League for sure, maybe in all of baseball. When you talk about three guys who can, you know, with the combination of thump on base and speed, mm-hmm. um, I think two years ago when Mazalak was talking about getting more athletic, I think this was probably more the picture that he envisioned maybe than he did maybe the last couple of years. Yeah, I think so. And I think moving to uh, – before we get to Paul DeYoung, 
you know, there's a couple of guys. We'll talk Munoz and we'll talk uh, uh, Martinez. Um, those guys give the Cardinals very interesting setup because whether it's rest or injury, Ozuna can play center. Mm-hmm. Fowler can play center. Fam can play center. So if Fam needs a day off, you can move one of those corner guys over. And what both Munoz and Jose Martinez give you is right now a tremendous bench bat that can play a corner outfield spot. Now, Munoz can, Munoz can play everywhere, and Martinez can also play first, so he's going to get a lot of at-bats in there. But those two guys, I think, will go underappreciated when the season starts because it's rare that you have a guy you can plug into multiple positions who swings a bat as well as either one of these guys are swinging a bat. Oh, yeah. And I think with the versatility in that outfield, that athleticism that you're talking about, there isn't a, what do we do now? We need a center fielder for today. Because you have two guys who can play corners, and the guys who normally start in the corners, either one of them can play center field for a stretch. Sure. And not to mention, too, you know, even when you're talking about being at the top of the order, um, those guys are also interchangeable at the top of the order. And think about even when you bring Matt Carpenter to, uh, into the mix, you almost have three leadoff guys. Mm-hmm. Fam could lead off if you had to. Fowler is certainly a leadoff guy. Carpenter, a leadoff guy. All three guys could hit one, two, or three. Yeah. And so you know, I think that this Cardinal team, uh, at least from the offensive end, there's some great versatility at the top of that order. Yeah, I think so all the way through. And now, and, and talking about the order, and statistically one of the sharpest hitters outside of Tommy Pham last year was Paul DeYoung, who came up, started raking, and never really quit. Now there's questions, again, second year in the league, you know, baseball has a, a tendency to adapt to you pretty quickly and teach you your flaws before maybe you knew them. Yep. So there's a question there is, is Paul DeYoung that hitter at a major league level, season in, season out? You know, last for a reminder, he had 285, he slugged 532, he had 25 homers, 65 RBIs, 26 doubles, 21 walks. The guy was, if he plays all year, the guy is no doubt an all-star mm-hmm. and was in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he was a finalist. And yeah, I think, he was, I think he finished second in voting. So... Are you expecting two questions? Okay. Are you expecting that Paul DeYoung to pick up where he left off? Now, spring training stats, again, grain of salt, but he hit 234, but he slugged 574. He had four bombs, four doubles, mm-hmm. a few walks. Is Paul DeYoung from 2017 going to make a return at the plate? And then the second question is, is he your everyday shortstop going forward? He is uh – Financially, he is. Yes. <laughs> and I don't mean necessarily to start the season, but I'm thinking long-term. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and I think, you know, the Cardinals said, hey, this, this is our shortstop. We're going to give him the money. But we've also seen him do that with a number of guys, uh, you know, Colton Wong, whoever. They, they've, mm-hmm. they, they try to get out in front and, you know, make sure that they can, you know, yeah. get that financial situation uh, straight, you know, before they, um, before they really hit that that point. I'm going to say yes. Paul DeYoung will be that guy for this reason. Now, one thing he's going to have to adjust to, the strikeouts uh, mm-hmm. have been climbing a little bit. You know, I think the walk strikeout yeah. is not great. I mean, he had uh, 417 at-bats last year. He struck out 124 times. Okay. So he's – and look, he's, you know – He struck out 15 times this spring and 47 at-bats. Yeah. He's, so. he's going to strike out. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to get some – you're gonna get some uh, some long distance flies too. You, he's, yeah. gonna, he's gonna send some balls over the over the uh, over the wall. 
I think defensively, uh, he was about as solid as you, as you could expect. You know, I was concerned because he's, you know, he's not, uh, you know, one of those spry-looking, uh, yeah. smooth, yeah. fielding, classic shortstops. But he was, he was very efficient over there. Uh, so I think, yes, going forward, he's the guy. And at the same time, while the league is adjusting to him, he's also adjusting to the league. And I think his power, I believe, is legitimate. Yeah. I think we had this debate a little bit in spring, and I think uh, it's tough to imagine a, a repeat of last season, but the pieces that he has, the, the reasons he was a, a good hitter, uh, they hold true. I think you're right. The strikeouts could be an issue. But, again, awful tough to judge strikeouts when he hasn't even played a full year. He came close last year. But right. mo- moving on from these guys, you know, I want to get into you can't, you can't talk about the Cardinals. You can't talk about the Cardinals in 2018 without talking about Alex Reyes. You know, May 1st was pegged. They didn't waver on that. He didn't waver on that. They made it clear early he's not going to play in any games in the spring. This is a take-your-time situation. Do it right. So let's say he comes back. Let's say it's middle of May. Alex Reyes is back. You have two things you have to balance. One, his prodigious talent. But two, the management required for a young pitcher coming off Tommy John surgery. Workload is important because you are playing for this year, but you are playing for the next 10 of his career assuming that everything goes according to plan. Does he is he is his best fit in the bullpen or is his best fit in the rotation? Or do they have to come up with a more creative solution? I'm going to say if I'm the Cardinals, I want him to be a starter because I just with him coming off the Tommy John, uh the talent is immense. I don't want to see him getting up and I mean you got to be able to heat up pretty quickly mm-hmm. out in that pen and then come out and it's a lot of adrenaline uh, back and forth. Um, I think that I would like to have him as a starter, particularly not exactly sure you knowing what I'm going to get from Adam Wainwright. Um, I'm, I need to see more from, from Miles Michaelis. And I just think that through the course of the year, you know, Michael Walker might need to get that Some break rest, again. Yeah. So I don't think that you can have enough starters, and I just think that, Going forward, I think the Cardinals see him as the future ace of the staff. I mean, you know, before that Tommy John, I mean, this guy was, you know, one of the top three prospects. Oh, he in looked the, and he, he looked the part too. And, and, I mean, and it wasn't just right. on paper. He looked yeah. the part, and I think they want that. So I think they're going to protect him. I don't think they're going to, you know, at least if I'm them, I'm not going to, you know, have him come out of the bullpen. I'm not going to have him, you know, heating up two and three times a game. I want to protect this guy and and bring him along to be a future starter. Yeah, I think the bullpen question is, if he's in the bullpen, presumably he's pitching in meaningful innings, meaning he is maybe a late-game guy or like a problem-solving guy. Uh, Maybe he is your closer, and maybe I was completely wrong about how they might structure this bullpen. But that means that you're depending on him. Yeah, But I think Jordan Hicks helps that that pin now. I think that now makes him more of a starter. It makes it a little easier. And I think that way you're not trying to balance the need of this game versus – the plan for Alex Reyes. Now, one thing that was proposed that I thought was interesting is, you know, Michael Walker has had a little bit of trouble multiple times through the order. And so it might be something where the Cardinals are second time through, you know, at the end of the second time through, no matter where you're at on pitch count, no matter what inning it is, now Alex Reyes comes in. Give so me you, three. So it's every, it's essentially every fifth day, it's a planned, controlled rollout, but you're building him as, like, essentially, you go as far as you go. Maybe we have him on an 85-pitch count when he comes back or 100-pitch count, and it's Michael Waka, Alex Reyes day. 
and those are that's the continued plan throughout the season. So you build his innings, and he has a regular workload, but it's controlled. That could be that could be an interesting move. I think it's creative. I think that it's very possible we could see that. Listen, you know, these days there are so many different ways of doing things now, and we're, we're listen. We saw an off season like no other. You know, where yeah. free agents are sitting out there. You know, we're, we're hearing more about Lance Lynn getting twelve million dollars. Yeah, you know, th- th- things about you know metrics and 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 numbers, and so I think. Teams have gotten a lot smarter. Teams are becoming more creative. And a lot of what we're seeing in terms of, you know, your classic bullpen guys are looking for this much money. Um, All these creative things that you're talking about, having a guy like Reyes come in, you know, to the fifth inning and pitch three innings, you know, probably takes – you know, some of these relief pitchers looking for, you know, $34 million. It takes these yeah. guys out of the question. You can now take arms from the minors and, and piggyback and have bullpen games. It's not out of the question anymore. At one time it was kind of rare, like, oh, a bullpen. No, you're, you're starting to see a lot of guys, you know, sometime you, you're probably going to see box scores where you're going to see, you know, seven, eight pitchers in a game now. Yeah, I, th- I think that the era of the closer uh, in terms of its value – the position's value is, is coming to a close. Ha-ha. Didn't mean to do that. Wordplay. Yeah, that but, was very good. You know, there, there was these times, you know, we'd see these games when, when Chapman was on the Reds where the Reds have a 4-3 lead, the bases get loaded in the seventh inning, Chapman's still sitting there. They put in somebody, there goes the game, now you never use Chapman in the ninth because, well, he's the closer, he's got to pitch the ninth, right? But if you trusted, you know, and the question was always, if you used the closer then, what do you do when you get to the ninth and need someone to close the game? Well, whoever you trusted to go into the game with the bases loaded in the seventh, certainly you'd trust them with the bases empty in the ninth. So that logic never made a ton of sense to me, and you, you wildly overvalued this position when versatility can get you the same thing. And so I think, I think that you're right. The teams are changing, and these guys that used to be able to walk out and say, well, I'm your ninth inning guy. Give me my multi-million dollar deal. Uh, they're going, no, you know, honestly, we can use three or four guys and, and kind of bounce around that way. You know, certainly somebody in our bullpen, if needed, can get these three outs. Yeah. It doesn't matter the situation. Now, before we go too long, I want to move it on because we can start with this. We're going to do a little couple couple predictions here. Okay, here we go. Uh, we'll start with the division, and without getting too much into the team, we can save that for next week. Where do you see the division, division finishing one through five? I'm going to say Cubs until further notice. Now, mm-hmm. you know, they were uh, – they. you could say they had a severe – case of yeah. hangover yeah. coming off the World Series, but the talent's there. They went and got you, Darvish. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Cubs first. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, big improvement with Kane and Yelich in the outfield. Braun kind of moves over to first somewhat. Um, I think they're a little thin at the top of that pitching rotation. Yeah. Um, you got Davies. Nelson is working his way back, but I I think they're devoid of an ace. Um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals second, and I'm going to go with Milwaukee third, mm-hmm. and you can go fish on who's going to bring up the rear between the Pirates and the <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, summer movie schedule on the last one because <laughs> a lot of those games are going to be very unwatchable for Pirates and Reds fans. I actually agree with that stack as well. I was very, very high on the Brewers last year. I remain high on them. But I think people are just gonna just gonna tack on more wins for them. 
where there were a lot of factors last year. They played way better in the first half than they probably should have, given the youth on that team, given mm-hmm. the unbelievable production they were getting from some of their bats that finally cooled off. I think they're not there yet. They're still they still miss. They're missing that. They got the fleet of cars, but they don't have the Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, they're. Yeah. I I don't see them taking that leap. They're going to be better, but I think the Cardinals are going to be better too. And I think the Cardinals are going to win it. Uh, that second spot from them, and then it's anybody's guess on the wild card. Uh, and they'll be spots. feasting on you know, there's, those there's two a, those two teams. There's at the a bottom. possibility three playoff teams come from the central. I I think the other I think the other NL divisions are probably too strong for that, but it's it's a possibility that you're looking at the Cardinals Cubs Pirates situation from a couple years ago. You know th- there are teams here that are capable. All three are capable of making the playoffs. Sure. Um, moving to the Cardinals. We'll talk about that bullpen. We'll talk about that that saves statistic. Who do you think, given their their, their kind of uh, cast of characters here and their strategy, if you had to pick, who ends up getting the most saves for this team? Most saves? I'm going to say, uh, in the end, um, as much as Gregerson was was brought here to be that guy, I, I feel st- feels like Leon to me. Hey, we agree on that one too. I think you like Leon. That? I think Leon. He's got some wicked stuff. Yeah, and it's better. And we had a story on it. Wrote a story on it after uh, interviewing him in spring about what he did to get back to being this guy. And the important distinction I made is: look, last year his his stats were better, but it wasn't just because he got better results. It was because the pitches themselves were better. You know, it wasn't just dumb luck or the law of averages. He increased the spin rates on all of his pitches, the movements on all of his pitches. He found a way to make that sustainably effective. You know, I, I use the expression, it wasn't just that the wrapping was, was better looking, the gift inside was better. And so I think he is right now in the best position. I'd imagine that Bud Norris is probably going to get the nod early in the season for that late inning work. But I, I, I think when it comes to a close, I don't think anybody has 35 saves, but I think Leon has the most. Yeah, I like Leon. Uh, he's a guy who... You know he's you know he's a vet, uh, but I, I think Gregerson to me always felt more like a setup guy. Even yeah. though you know, I mean, Car- which is fine, which which, which is, is fine. fine. You know, you don't have to. I'm just wondering about the way Mike Matheny is going to manage that pen. You know, I I think maybe some managers may be more creative and can say, hey, I have or no I, problem. But, maybe it's not. Maybe but we haven't seen Matheny do that with these type right, of right. But we've never seen Mike Maddox on the staff either. I think that there might be a a great deal of input from that end of the table. And I think Mike Matheny has talked about this as he seemed a little bit more comfortable, at least outwardly in spring, deferring to Maddox on, you know, planning the live sessions, the bullpen sessions, the spring work, how many starts they're all going to get. That seemed to be a pretty open dialogue, at least forward-facing. I don't purport to know exactly what happens behind closed doors, but it seemed like Matheny had identified an area of this has not improved the way that he has has tried to improve doing it, so new ideas are welcome. Um, So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Home run leader for the Cardinals in 2018. Home run leader, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Ozuna, you know, even though, uh, you know, Jed Jerko can can pound out, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a good 25 home runs. Listen, Paul DeYoung, could yeah. Paul DeYoung and uh, Marcelo Zuna could be playing home run derby this year? They could. I'm. I was going to take the dark horse and say Jed Jerko plays the whole season, and you know he goes on those runs. That's what that's what really popped your eyes with Jerko is he can go on those runs yeah. where 
he it's, just hits he the ball hits like so square. Nine hundred for like two straight series, and I think, I think he's lost a little bit of weight. So we'll see what that does to his swing. You know, when Molina dropped that weight, it took him a while to adjust at the plate. So we'll see. We'll see what Jorko does with this new frame. But I think just for a little fun, I'll I'll throw him out there as is my candidate for the home run leader. I say he gets, I say he gets. 33. Okay. 33 or 34 home runs this year. That'd be quite the season. I'll say Ozuna gets, uh, what are you at, 37 last year? Yeah. Uh, now, it was interesting listening to Randall Gritchick mm-hmm. uh, the other night in Toronto, and he was saying how he expects to have more home runs, you know, uh, out in Toronto because mm-hmm. he said, hey, you know, sometimes you can put a pretty good charge into Bush Stadium and it's going to be yeah. a fly ball. He expects to see more going out. So I wonder if we're going to see that with Ozuna. It's, it's kind of a canyon that he hit in Miami as well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'd say, I mean, by all metrics, the Cardinals' park is about even for both pitchers yeah. and hitters. Now, I, you know, I like metrics a little bit more, more analytics a little bit more than you do. But even I have trouble reconciling that, that on paper, this is a pretty fair ballpark. Yeah, it's, it's fair, I but, would say. But my eye keeps telling me it's not because there have been – stretches during these summers where it looks like, you know, Paul Bunyan himself couldn't get out of this <laughs> out of the stadium. So some of those thick nights with that humidity. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that affects Ozuna, but I I mean, Miami's not a, you know, Miami's not a sardine can. No. You know, Marlins you Park some you, shots. you gotta have some juice. And Ozuna has easy big power. You know, he's not a he's not a wrencher. You know, he has he it looks like he's just kind of casually swinging the bat yeah. and the ball His is hands just, are so fast. Oh yeah. He's he was fun to watch take batting practice because it looks like he's you know it's leisurely exercise for him and the ball's just rocketing out. Uh, last one, who is the 2018 MVP for the Cardinals? Tommy Pham runs away with it last year. Mm-hmm. Does he defend his crown or is there a new challenger? Well, I'm going to say that uh, Tommy Pham. I'm not going to say he's going to. I mean, come. They don't need him to come down to earth. They need him to be Tommy Pham again. Yeah. Um. But I, I want to keep an eye this year on Matt Carpenter. Um, you know, he, he's had the back issue, th- you know, through the spring. Mm-hmm. He's come back, you know, like nobody's business here um, as we start the season. But I think that Matt Carpenter batting in the third, the third spot, he he says he's not going to sell out for home runs this year, so he's right. not going to overswing. But I'm okay with that because Matt Carpenter in a third spot, he's going to have. Fowler on base. He's going to have Tommy Pham out there. He's going to have Ozuna behind him. I think that Matt Carpenter is going to come back and have all-star numbers. And you know, is he going to – he doesn't need to be a 30-home run guy. But I think that – No, right? and, and, and the, the year – His contact <laughs> no, and getting on base, that's what he does, and that's what makes him valuable to the Cardinals. 2013, he had 11 home runs, right? But he had 55 doubles. He scored 126 times. And he walks all the time. And he had he led the league in doubles, runs, hits. The next year, he led the league in walks. Yeah. The next year, he led the league in doubles again. You He's know, you don't need him to be a home run hitter. Yeah. You need him to you need him to be, a, we'll call it a gap to gap hitter. That you got enough speed at the top of the lineup. If he hits forty four doubles like he did in twenty fifteen, that's a lot of RBIs. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of RBIs. And I expect Fowler to. And then, look, Fowler, it's probably safe to say he was probably part of that Cub uh, hangover. Yeah, um, you know, be, coming, yeah. coming to Switching a new, teams, yeah. Switching teams, the whole bit, the hangover. Um, I think he's going to be better. 
at the top of the order. I do too. You know, and so I'm going to say there's a lot of less pressure on a, on both those guys. You know, Matt Carpenter was the team's best hitter. You know, he they needed power, so he needed to be the power guy because he showed he could do it in uh, was it 2016? No, 2015 when he had 28 home runs. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe he felt a little bit more like he needed to do that. Dexter Fowler, the the whole you go we go thing. You know, he was going to be their answer at leadoff. He was going to be their lineup catalyst. Neither one of those guys are, are going to be leaned on that much. And it's difficult to know how much that affected them. But it's nice to go into the season being like, be whatever hitter you feel is best because we've got a lot of options here. Yeah. You know, so swing easy. Swing easy. And there's one guy we haven't even mentioned, Colton Wong. Yeah. And I was going to say, if you Batting wanna... eighth, hiding down there, yeah. no pressure, go out and field and a, do, a solid second did. base. And, and get on base. And especially now with his, his desire to steal more, he wants to use his speed more. He, you know, he wanted to show them that he, he's comfortable trying to take those extra bases in spring. He is a guy that I, I don't think he can be the MVP. I would like to pick him because it's just fun to watch him play baseball. But he is a guy that adds such an, an element to your team. He's a guy that can hop on, hit a home run. He's fast. He can steal bases. He can play all-world defense sometimes. Mm-hmm. He has trouble with some of the routine plays, but he can make the amazing play almost better than any other player. You know, I, I think when I looked at it last spring, only like Jose Altuve made more plays that mm. he should not have been able to make when they measure like how far you can actually travel and everything. Yeah. He's a guy that I don't think he's ever going to carry the team. But Colton Wong can be the difference in about five wins a season. If and I don't mean like a war wins above replay. I just mean that he can he, something he does just an impactful ste- play. Steal a hit, yeah. Steal a run. You know he can he can change a game and he can change five games, win or lose, depending on how he's playing. So he's he's very interesting as an option. But I think uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with with Matt Carpenter as the MVP. I think. The lineup's going to be better, and I think a lot of the production's going to be better, but I think what he gives you is that guy that if you can just get to Matt Carpenter, you know, you're down two runs, we can just get somebody on, get to Matt Carpenter. That's the kind of hitter that the Cardinals missed last year, and Carpenter was there, but he, he struggled. Um, I think that that's, that's a mark of a lineup with some teeth, and, and he's the guy that will grind out a 14-pitch at bat and then draw a walk to just suck the air right out of the opposing team in the ninth inning. It might be easy to pick Ozuna because of the numbers. It might be easy to pick Molina because of his status, and it might be easy you know, to maybe even pick uh, a Tommy Pham because of uh, you know, the versatility. But it just feels like Carpenter, if you don't have that third spot secured or a guy yeah. like him that you can say, like you say, gap to gap, that can get on base. He can do a little bit of everything. And I think that's why he's going to be the MVP of this, of this, uh, this ball club. I look forward to it. We're just hours away now to, from the, from the start of the 2018 season and all these predictions will be null and void and we'll be wrong. <laughs> and it'll be Jose Martinez as the MVP. Who knows? But Mo, I thank you for taking the time. Yes. I look forward to the season starting and I know uh, we'll be having a big our big shindig uh, for the home opener. Uh, was that April 5th? That'll, yeah. We'll be out there throwing our, our... My birthday. Yeah. Hey. How about at, that? Look at the party we're throwing for you. Not bad at all. So that'll be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's it for this episode of the Baseball STL Podcast. JJ Bailey here. You can follow me on Twitter at Bailey. Maurice Drummond. KMOV Sports Director. You can follow him on Twitter at Maurice Strumman, pretty easy to find. We'll be bringing you episodes every week this season now that we got back up and running for the 2018 campaign of the Cardinals. 
As always, be good to each other and thanks for listening.